Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. I am sitting with Jeff Bogue right now. Woo, Jeff Bogue now. That is Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems that everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through that noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Since Jeff is here and everyone now knows it, <laughs> how are you? I'm good, Joe. Excellent. Speaking of comedians. Speaking of have comedians. Have you seen the new Nate Bargowski special? I don't think I have yet. You need to watch it, and so does everyone listening to this <laughs> podcast. So Nate Bargowski, if you guys have, if you like clean comedians, which I do, because I actually think raunchy comedians aren't funny. Uh, I think raunch, raunchy uh, comedy is easy comedy, so I've mm. never respected it. Nate Bargowski is 100% clean. And is hilarious. So his new special is just... Is it the Tennessee... No, that's uh, 2019. Yeah, mm. well, that one's funny, too. Uh, what's it called? I forget. But he, do, he does a thing, and he does a thing on um, 90s Christian parents. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just fantastic. So that's gather funny. the kids, get the popcorn, watch Jeff Bogue on your YouTube stream for services, and then turn on... Nate Bargowski. The, the greatest later. American average, or the greatest average American? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And you'll thank me later. All right, fantastic. I literally just pulled it up, which is why <laughs> I might seem distracted to our listeners right now. I do like a good laugh. Well, he's he's hilarious. Yes, he is. I agree. There's, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I see myself in his comedy too much, which is like, <laughs> yeah. like, like oh, yeah, I should, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. Well, Jeff, we have another submitted question today. Um, appreciate all of our listeners that send these in. This is very helpful. Great stuff to get into. This listener says, someone approached me and asked me how it's fair for people in the middle of nowhere with no access to the gospel to end up in hell. If someone couldn't do anything to find out about God, how does that work? Obviously, Christ calls us to go to all nations, and there's a lot of people that do. But what about the people who never even got the chance to know? And... That thought is obviously very sad to think about. Does it mention anywhere in the Bible that everyone will hear about it in some way, or are they just hopeless? How's that to get get the motor running? What, what are we thinking there, Jeff? Uh, well, it's a loaded question. I'm actually looking something up in the Bible as we speak here. That's excellent. Um, but it's to a, clarify, in case people have lost their faith in me, the show notes that I gave him have about twenty verses listed. But <laughs> yeah. apparently, the one he's thinking just isn't listed there. That's, That's correct. Fine. The the, the <laughs> real verses that are needed um, are not in the show notes. We will do that episode soon about which verses are needed in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so, uh, actually, I was thinking of Romans chapter two. Uh, so Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one and two is where you really need to go to wrestle with this question. Mm. And what the apostle Paul does in Romans chapter one and two is he lays down a logic and a evidence-based case that no one is without excuse. Mm. The most rebellious, hard-hearted, atheistic person is without excuse and the most self-righteous, religious, moralistic person was is without excuse. And he really goes hard after that in Romans chapter 1 or 2. So think of it as a, a prosecutor who is making their case that it is fair 
you are guilty. No one is without excuse. He spends basically chapter one and two and almost three and a half Mm -hmm. of uh, Romans doing that. Now, he does that, so he goes from that to Romans chapter three, and in Romans chapter three, what he starts doing is talking about the grace and the wonder of God. (laughs) Jeff, you're going to love... I was literally just pulling up Romans chapter three, because I'm like, just in case he doesn't go there, I'm like, and isn't it amazing how Paul turns the corner and... turns the whole corner. Yeah. But but he says this in Romans chapter two, he says, you may think um, that you condemn... can condemn such people, but you're just as bad, and you have no excuse. That's the righteous condemning the the unrighteous. And he says, and we know that God and his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why, uh, why do you think that you can avoid God's justice when you do the same thing? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And then he goes on... And he basically says, um, "Why? How, who are you to say that God is unfair? Mm. Like God, if God is unfair, then God is not a righteous judge." And you're, so, basically, when we look, when as human beings we look at God and say, "Whatever God does something, and God is unfair. It's not fair that God would judge me." Um, I perceive that someone in the middle of nowhere has never heard the gospel, and it's unfair that God would send them to hell. Paul would look back at you and say, who are you to say God's unfair? Mm. You don't understand fairness. You're not perfectly just. You're not full of perfect sovereignty. You're not all-knowing. You're not all, you know, you're not omnipresent. You're not not uh, omniscient. So you can't even perceive or conceive of what fairness is. So Mm -hmm. In Romans chapter 2, he says that to people who are like, this isn't fair. And he's like, whoa, step back. Mm -hmm. Like, you've just made an accusation against God that's very, very wrong. What he does in chapter 1, then, is he says, this is the reason that it is fair, because creation itself speaks to the existence of a creator. The laws of God are written on our heart. That's why if you're um, a Christian, you would believe that murder is evil. Mm -hmm. If you're a Muslim, you would believe the same thing. If you're a Hindu, you would believe the same thing. If you're a Buddhist, you would believe the same thing. If you're an atheist, you would believe the same thing. Because that law is written on the heart of humanity. It's part of what it means for us to be created in His image. So what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 1, 2, and the first part of 3, is he is saying men are without excuse, humanity is without excuse, because in our very creation, being created in the image of God, we have an instinct, we have a knowledge, we have a need to answer the God question, and any heart that truly longs after God, God is going to meet. Now, what we'll say is, well, that's not fair, what God would say, well, um, is it fair that the thief on the cross who never did one good deed in the name of Jesus went to heaven? Mm. So God is on the other side of that fairness coin. So that person never heard about Jesus they're in the middle of the jungle. They went to hell. And, and Paul's like, you're assuming that. <laughs> you're assuming that. So you don't know how God personally interacted with that person. You don't know the work of the Holy Spirit that was done in that person's life. Maybe they never went to church, and maybe they never read the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
well, then how could they know God? I don't know. The thief on the cross never read, went to church and never read the Bible. Well, you've asked before, like, how much of a disciple do you have to be before you're allowed into heaven? Yeah, it's a great question. Like, how good of a Christian do you have to be to be one? Mm-hmm. And can, can a person who is on a plane that is crashing cry out to Christ, cry out to God for salvation with a sincere heart, never have done a good deed, never had read the Bible, um, has no idea of the theology and the doctrine, can they go to heaven? And I'm like, I think they can. Well, who determines that? Well, Christ does. That's why we don't question his fairness. Can a person who does good deeds their whole life is the most religious and moralistic person you ever met go to hell? Yeah, that's what Paul's saying to the Jews. Mm-hmm. Well, who determines that? Well, Christ does. He's the perfect judge. We want him to be the perfect judge. Yeah. Because if you take... I'm a, I've been a pastor for uh, almost 30 years, so I'm a super Christian, right? <laughs> so if you take the preponderance of the evidence of my life and take me to court and put my good deeds against my bad deeds... My bad deeds are going to outweigh my good deeds. Sure. And even if it flipped, Jeff, if we took all of that, even if you were 51% good and 49% bad, and you took all of that 49% bad with you to heaven, it wouldn't be heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we, would, we would all bring all of our junk and all of our right. nastiness and all of our sin with us, and it would just recreate exactly where we're at now if we take any of it with us. So, so what happens is... I don't take any—what you're saying is I don't take any of my righteousness. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul says it's all filthy rags. What I do is I take the righteousness of Christ that comes from my faith and His grace, and that's what saves me, right? So can a person in the middle of nowhere know who Christ is and what He has done— without uh, human intervention. And I would say, yeah, there, there's all kinds of examples of this in, in the Bible. There's, God has spoken through visions. God has spoken through dreams. God has spoken through nature. God, God has spoken through um, uh, the laws that are written on our heart. God is going to accomplish what he is going to accomplish. So we have to be careful that the assumption is you go to hell because your your that automatic assumption is removing a gracious and merciful God. Mm-hmm. Now, can you go to heaven without calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer is no. You have to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And then Paul says, as a as a motivating factor to believers, he's like, how can they hear unless they've been taught? And how can they? He says, so how beautiful are the feet that that bring the good news? Mm-hmm. What I would say to you is, if someone is truly searching after Christ, the majority of the time, God is going to move His people in a powerful way to bring the good news to those people. Mm-hmm. But. Can God move in a miraculous way? I believe that He can, mm-hmm. right? I, my, one of my favorite stories about this is a friend of mine uh, was in uh, uh, like the backwoods or the bush of, of Cambodia, 
And I might have told this story before on this podcast, I don't remember, I so. but he was in the backwoods of Cambodia, and he was doing missions work. And uh, back kind of in the jungle where they were, um, because of the culture, when it was a meal time, the men would sit down and eat, and then the women would serve them, and then when the men were done eating, the women would eat. So my friend, who does not speak uh, Cantonese, um, is talking to his translator and to the other people like in the group in English, and he is talking about Jesus, and he said the name of Jesus, and they're having this conversation. Uh, when he said the name of Jesus, the, a lady who was serving him stopped, and he said she almost like dropped the food, and she looked right at him, and she said in Cantonese, she said, what is that name? Hmm. And my friend thought he was, she was asking him, what is his name? So he said, Jim. (laughs) And she's like, no, that name you just said, what is that name? And this is what she said, gives me goosebumps. She said, I've been waiting my whole life to hear that name. Mm. Wow. So I believe that God does miraculous things. Mm -hmm. God wishes that none would perish. I believe the role of the church is to take the good news to the corners of the earth. I do not believe the grace and the mercy of God is solely dependent on the acts of men. Mm, That's good. Right? I believe God's predominant plan is the acts of men. This is why Christianity is a unique faith, because we are a proselytizing faith. We don't want you to be a Muslim. We want you to stop believing that and be a Christian. Uh-huh. We're a proselytizing faith. We're an evangelizing faith. We go out of our way uh-huh. on purpose to tell people who Christ is. That all is the great commandment, the great commission, and and the even the illustration of Christ when he sent the disciples out two by two and in groups, etc. Um, so the church, the spiritual entity of the Church of Jesus Christ. And the obedience and faithfulness of her people is the predominant method. But it's a leap to say if no one ever showed up to these hypothetical people in the middle of nowhere that they cannot interact with God. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the Scripture, because people, there's a whole bunch of people that just tightened up because they're like, I think Jeff went liberal on me. And I'm like, no, look at the book. There were angelic beings Mm -hmm. who proclaimed Christ. There were visions that God, that there were messengers sent. There was, Philip was sent supernaturally to interact with an Ethiopian eunuch. You see all kinds of things. Hear me, all of my friends that are afraid I'm going liberal. The predominant way is the people of God speaking the message of God, but don't limit God to that. Mm-hmm. Don't limit God to that. So I think we have to be careful that just because someone is isolated— does not mean that the grace and the power of our Creator God mm-hmm. cannot overcome that to redeem people. Yeah, the um, there's a verse in Deuteronomy four that says, "If you uh, if you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him." Uh, when you look with all your heart and all your soul. And like you said, when creation is beckoning, when your soul is longing, when the 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 law of God is written on your heart, you're you're inclined to go explore, where is this coming from? Like that woman, I've been waiting to hear that name my entire life, that there's something inside of me that's drawing me toward you. And just like all of the people that historically, before Jesus was born and died on the cross and rose again, they wouldn't have necessarily known 
to call on the name Jesus, but their faith was in him, and their salvation is because of his work as they were seeking him. That's right, and and there's you get into some complicated theology with the Old Testament, what Jesus did when he went and set the captives free, but that's exactly right, that the, the work of God is going to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. And the joy of Christianity is that we get to be involved in the work of God, but God is not limited to us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, have, we have to remember that. And, and in the New Testament, when there are angels and there are visions and, and uh, there are miraculous things, uh, people will say, well, there's less of those today. I'm like, right, because the church exists. The Bible is affirmed. Jesus is, Jesus is resurrected. He's confirmed. We're not trying to figure out who the apostles are, right? We're, all that authority is, is in God's Word. But it doesn't mean that God is limited. And, and I think sometimes we, what, what happens with the miraculous and the supernatural is we sensationalize it and like almost kind of fake it. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have a miracle at 9.15 with a lighting cue mm-hmm. as the band crescendos, right? I'm like, eh, come on. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that is we can dismiss it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is as egregious that, that um, we can do that. We have a, there's a, a lady right now that's a friend of ours. We work together uh, with us, and she's praying a prayer for her son-in-law. Yeah. And the prayer that she's praying is that a Christ-centered man will come into his life at work mm-hmm. and help him to understand Jesus. Well, she's praying for a miracle. Yep. Yep. And and I'm like, good for you. Yeah, I just got goosebumps because yeah, it's an amazing story. Yeah. And and what all she's all she has recognized is like I have told my son-in-law, I have expressed to my son-in-law. I, I have come to the end of my ability. Mm-hmm. And now they live in different states. Now they live in different states. If I keep harping on it, I'm going to break a relationship. I love him. I don't want to break a relationship. Like I, and so she, what she's done is she's turned it over to the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And she's praying that God work in a miraculous way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you go, girl, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, I'm, I'm grateful that she has the faith mm-hmm. to do that. So we can swing, we can be so afraid of like the abuses of the miraculous mm-hmm. that we can discount it. And that's kind of what I'm I'm saying here is that the Bible the Bible does say that that uh, that people have hope. The Bible does say that God works in miraculous ways. The Bible also says that those who do not call on Christ will not be saved. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's definitely like lines the Bible draws, but it does not say that unless you interact with uh, a church that teaches you these parts of the Bible and you get that theology right, that you won't go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's not what it says. It says, it, it says if your heart longs for God, that God will make a way, and that is usually His people, His church, but I don't think it always has to be. Yeah, I think um, one of the sticking points a lot of times in our minds when it comes to um, our our status with heaven and hell is we often think about it in almost like, a, am I passing the test? It's almost internally focused, like, did I do enough? And or even as Christians, did Jesus cover me? Which 
metaphorically speaking, is not the worst metaphor to think through. But the, what God is doing is he's inviting us back to a reconciled relationship with him. And so as people are seeking him with whatever resources they have at their disposal, God knows the difference between someone going, yeah, I'm just trying to be a good person and see how this works out, or I want to be restored to my creator. That's a very different heartbeat, a very different approach, a very different seeking. And as God sees that and knows that, that's where the prayers for the miraculous, for the intervention, and how God gets uh, people's attention through all those different things, it's a relational thing that God is doing. He's not just looking and said, well, you better get it right. He's like, no, I'm trying to bring you back to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's it can be an actually fun conversation. That's what's unique about this question. It sounds bleak. It's actually kind of fun to see how God miraculously works. Yeah, and and I and I think everyone who seeks who seeks the heart and the salvation of God will find it. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that everyone goes to heaven. I believe that God wants everyone to go to heaven. Yeah. So I it's the it's the person who willfully rejects. Mhm. Right, the person who purposely searches, you may not know um, the details, or you may not know the language, and you may not know, but God knows your heart, and mm-hmm. and it's actually the same for the person who that I'm just using their their premise here. The person who's in the middle of nowhere, that it's the same premise that that you have hope for them is the same premise you have hope for yourself. Sure. Yep. It, it's God who knows my heart, and it's the work that Christ did. And Jesus on the cross looked at us and said, "How about I take your life and you take mine?" Yep. You know, and it, it's the it's the exact same grace and the exact same mercy that that's in play in these types of situations. Yeah, it's awesome. That's really really good. I hope that's encouraging to our listeners. Um, not not only for the sake of those that would find themselves in a situation that we would deem in the middle of nowhere, but also even for us, our neighbors, our coworkers, that uh, God is not limited to your eloquence. That God miraculously will work in those people's lives as well, and it's just our job to show up and do what we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you uh, for submitting that question, and if you have a question that you'd like us to address on this podcast, you can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages, and if we can help you take any unique next steps, maybe you even want to learn how to have some of these conversations, or maybe God's calling you to go out and be a part of reaching some folks all around the world, uh, we can help you take those next steps. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you want to find a community of people seeking after Jesus, you can always join us here at Grace in Person or online. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.